Hello, you're listening to the OmniTalk Fast Five, brought to you in partnership with Microsoft, the A&M Consumer and Retail Group, Takeoff, Sezzle, and Silk. We take off where we kind of have to, I think, Ann. Oh, God. And that is the big merger news. I mean, you have to give them credit. This was a wow shocker headline last week, but yeah. now I feel like this is, it's everywhere. Everybody's talking about this. Yeah, it's like, kind of blase at this point, right? Like the, even, and the, and the analysis too, potentially. Potentially. No but pressure, we, guys. We are going to have an excellent analysis today, Chris, because if you didn't hear, if you've been living under a rock, Kroger is merging with Albertsons. Last Friday, Kroger announced through a press release that it will acquire all of the outstanding shares of Albertsons companies, common and preferred stock for an estimated total consideration of $34.10 per share, implying a total enterprise value of approximately $24.6 billion, including the assumption of approximately $4.7 billion of Albertson Company's net debt. So in addition, Albertson Companies will also uh, pay a special cash dividend of up to $4 billion to its shareholders. The resulting purchase price represents a premium of approximately 33% of the unaffected closing price of Albertson Company's common stock on October 12th, 2022. Holy buckets. Wow, nicely done though. That's a lot of- That was a lot of content of, that you just squeezed points. in there. Yeah. Um, Chad, we're gonna go to you first, my friend. Um, nothing like jet setting across the country and then getting up first thing in the morning to talk about Kroger and Albertson's merger. What do you think of this move, Chad? Um, I, listen, I, getting back from the West coast is nothing compared to some of the jet lagged, uh, fast fives that you guys have done. So that's, uh, that's, that's fair enough. enough. <laughs> and I, I don't drink coffee. So you guys are like my natural adrenaline. So we're, uh, we're all good here. If like, only you um, could bottle never, the fast five energy, Chris. And I've never been someone's natural adrenaline. No, that's a either. first for me. I think Chad's just like, it's like, yeah. he's, he's, new, he's new, talking new crazy he's already, trying right? To, he's trying go. to like kill time about right. the, the merger that we right. got to talk about. All right. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I've only had a, I've only had a week to prepare for this one by the time it actually got released. Right. But, um, right. Man, so many angles to go with this, right? And as you talked about, a lot of different perspectives that have that have been out there. So, I mean, I guess kind of first blush reaction just on the retail landscape more broadly, right? I mean, by the numbers, it's interesting. You're combining these massive entities, number two and number three in the market, really the only two pure play national grocers, but combined, they're still, what, less than 15% of the US market, right? right? This, this deal could actually go through because right. of two factors, right? The fragmentation of just this sector overall and the size of Walmart, right? And so um, so that, that's really interesting, but maybe to, to take this kind of a different direction. Um, so I, for me, uh, the one thing that was kind of hard to miss from this was the stated objective and, and desire to compete better with Walmart mm-hmm. and how this may actually help drive lower prices versus typical antitrust concerns of rising prices. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And so, you know, I'm going to look at this from a CPG perspective, right? So what does that imply? Pressure on suppliers. Mm-hmm. So actually had the time, did a little research, asked a couple uh, CPG guys and national account leaders that I, uh, that I know kind of what they thought about this. And I'd say the general sentiment was kind of a half dose of nervousness and a half Mm -hmm. dose of excitement. Mm -hmm. So kind of what's exciting. Um, The whole deal was generally thought of as good for the grocery business to kind of give Walmart and and Amazon, and interestingly enough, Amazon was was thrown in there, uh, kind of a run for their money. 
Um, and thinking about that through the lenses of investments in the space, technology innovation, store updates, data personalization, just generally a more consolidated ecosystem in which you can rep your products, right? Net good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Um, but the nerves around the pricing pressures on suppliers is very real. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I was generally hearing from folks was that it's becoming more important for CPGs to make investments in their analytics and their revenue and margin management teams and capabilities to be better equipped kind of for these negotiations uh, as they're coming down the pipe in order to provide enhanced ways to, to provide va- uh, value for retail customers. So, um, you know, kind of time, timely plug in a way, just in the last 24 hours, we, we had CRG published a piece that kind of gives a peek under the hood at, at our approach to sort of this revenue and margin management plan, which is effectively yeah. kind of a cross-functional approach of driving growth through pricing promo, trade, price pack architecture, all of that. And mm-hmm. when done right, it's pretty unique in its ability to, to look at uh, driving a program through the lens of not only your own financial viability, but the retailer economics and consumer proposition. And, and, you know, anyway, long story short, I mean, that's exactly what I'm hearing from the CPG leaders that their organizations need to invest in. So, so kind of, uh, you know, uh, a, a two-sided coin in terms of how they're reacting. Yeah. Tale of two cities, really. What do you think here? You want to jump in here? You have anything to add yeah, to what Chad said? Jump in. I, Chad um, stole some of my comments, but I'm going to take it in a slightly different direction. Um, I am, you know, the one thing I have been curious in the last 24 hours is where the regulators are going to take this. So mm-hmm. where is this going to end up? Um, you know, Chad said this is less than 15% of market share. So it's not going to go the way that the Walgreens writing situation went. So it's mm-hmm. not going to get approved, but it's not going to get approved, I think, in the way that it's set up right now. Um, I personally was curious um, to see what's going to happen with their idea that they pitched on this thing called the Spinco. So this is where they're going to put all of the, so rather than shutting down stores, they're oh, saying, right. The divestiture. right. Mm-hmm. It's like stores and they're going to give shares to the shareholders of kind of mm-hmm. the separate entity. And they're creating some kind of, they're pitching it as an agile, but also I guess it maintains competitiveness in the marketplace. And there are some, specific areas in the U.S. where they are the majority together, right? And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of curious where this is going to end up and how much is a PR play and how much is it actually going to um, be kind of like a business play at the end of the day. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, the other points I'd bring up and to, your, to the question you asked Chad would be, um, I agree with everything those guys just said, both of you guys just said, but, um, you know, for me, like, the, the 5,000 stores is really compelling because that puts you on par with Walmart, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other things too, Ocado's tech comes yep. into play here for Albertsons and Safeway for the first time, really, yep. um, which is interesting for our part, you know, our sponsors Takeoff too, because Takeoff's, you know, done a lot of work with Albertsons. So it's curious to see how that's going to play out. Right. Um, and then the last point too is this gives more scale to the retail media network, mm-hmm. which is the number one thing grocers are doing to offset the margin loss right. from the digital penetration that we're seeing in the marketplace. And that to me makes it fundamentally a really compelling move too. ultimately at the end of the day. But I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with what's been said. I think you can pick any angle here to really dissect. There's so much here. 
Um, what I'm really going to be watching closely though, is there's been a ton of comparison to Walmart in this deal. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, really getting them to the scale. I think it's interesting to hear that Chad's CPG friends are considering Amazon in this set too. It's not just about Walmart, but how they're oh, going to 100%. compete against Amazon. Yeah. And we are not hearing as much about that in the reporting of mm-hmm. this merger. The, the question that I wonder is, you know, yes, you are the size now of Walmart, but that's a lot of banners to coordinate. Even when you're talking yeah. about rolling out tech when you're talking about supply chain and distribution and how the hub and spoke facilities that Kroger's building come into play here, retail media and real estate. Like in a lot of places you have like an Albertsons and Kroger, like right down the street from one another in some of the markets that they're in too. So I think like, that's the, that's another thing that I'm interested to see, like, how does all of this consolidation of these brands under one umbrella, how does, how long does that take before you are actually competing the way that Walmart can in that streamlined level. Yeah. And I think that, I think your point about Amazon's really interesting too, because they are sleeping on the sideline here 